Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of JavaScript Jabber. My name is Steve Edwards. I am the host with the face for radio and the voice for being a mime, as I always say, but I'm still the host, so you're stuck with me. Today with me on the JavaScript Jabber panel, we have AJ O'Neill. How are you doing, AJ? Yo, 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 coming at you live from the tough shed that's electrified and powerful. Yes, you can see his new office. We no longer get the purple sheen. Uh, oh, no, 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 that's that's coming back. That's coming back. I just had to take it down while they were running the electric wire. Oh, okay. Anyway, yes, uh, if you, you can't see him on video, but we can, and it's definitely a uh, a different uh, hey, background. I, just, someone's got to call out that P Pikmin is just, that, that GameCube game, Pikmin, I, I can notice that cover from anywhere. <laughs> I yeah. was going to point out the best dad ever uh, nameplate uh, that he yeah. stole from me. Because I'm the best the, dad ever. But. The GameCube goes there, but it's in the house right now because I was going to play Final Fantasy VI. But, uh, and our guest, as you just heard, is the well-known voice of Fred Schock. How you doing, Fred? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood. I've been talking to a whole bunch of people that want to update their resume and find a better job. And I figure, well, why not just share my resume? So you, if you go to topendevs.com slash resume, enter your name and email address, then you'll get a copy of the resume that I use, that I've used through freelancing, through my, most of my career, as I've kind of refined it and tweaked it to get me the jobs that I want. Uh, like I said, topendevs.com slash resume will get you that. And uh, you can just kind of use the formatting. It comes in Word and Pages formats, and you can just fill it in from there. Yes, it is. Uh, it's good to have you on again. For those of you who listen to my other podcast, uh, Views on View, we had Fred on episode 195 uh, to talk about Astro, which is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, so before we get in, Fred, oh, wait a minute. I'm, I almost always forget this. I'd like to also welcome in our studio audience. How you doing? I forgot about the soundboard. What do you mean? So that's you, can't, a, you probably can't even hear me. Of all these people, all these people standing up and applauding. That's a real ad, that's a real audience. What do you mean? They're right here outside my office. <laughs> right, I really. Anyway, uh, before we get going into the astronomical topic of astro, would you like that, uh, Fred? Why don't you give us a little detail about yourself, who you are, why you're famous, uh, where you come from, et cetera, et cetera. My name is Fred Schott, and I uh, work on open source tools uh, for web developers. So I've been building them, been kind of focused on that for several years now. Um, had worked on kind of a lot of random projects, um, something called Snowpack, Pika, Skypack. Um, I've been just kind of loving this space for a long time now. Um, and recently, as of kind of maybe two years ago, we started working on something called Astro, which has really taken off. It's been a huge year for the project, and I'm excited. Uh, to share more about that. So, so those yeah, love open source, love tools, love building tools for developers. So those tools that you mentioned, Snowpack, Pika, those are all basically build tools, sort of a neat webpack type type tools. Yeah, is I mean, that correct? Really, yeah, I mean, stop me if this is boring because this feels like ancient history now. But there was a time when we all used Webpack and Common JS, and like the whole web ecosystem was built around Node.js. And that, so that time is right now, by the way, in, in case you're not familiar with what's going on in the world, that that's oh, right. Well, now. <laughs> it used to be worse, at least for the people who are trying to get out of it, it used to be impossible to get out of it. Like you couldn't do web development without Webpack. It was just like you could use Rollup, but like you really ran into problems. And this is coming from someone who loves Rollup. Like 
that at that, least there are options now, even if most that's people are the still current for their problem. That's the current problem. You can't get away from Webpack. Oh, it, it, any, yeah, you can't. Oh my God! I'm glad that you got the right guy on. Okay, but this is gonna become a like ES next ES web kind of talk. Um, no, I hate I ES next. I hate ES crap. I hate it. it. Doesn't work. It's broken. It breaks everything. You publish an ESM module to npm, and then a hundred million people's packages break. It's terrible. Yes. It's it's one of the worst things ever. I hate it. That the alternative is much worse. I promise you. The alternative. No, no the alternative is three NPM. lines. The alternative is if undefined triple equals type of module.exports and and module or window. That's the alternative. That's one line at the bottom and then one line at the top with the iffy function exports. That's the alternative. And it you, works you, 100% of the time. You would have loved Snowpack. I did play with Snowpack, but not very much because I don't do React. Okay, so Snowpack was like this idea, what you're describing. It's like, what if we could just take every NPM package and regardless of how it was built, upconvert it to ESM. So the people who want ESM would get it. They'd basically get this like pull ripcord escape from NPM because they're the ones who want to leave. So they do that work across their whole NPM ecosystem. They write ESM, they they love the ESM world. And then for everyone else, you actually don't really need to change your package. You don't need to. You can, but like the packages yeah. will just work was always the the promise of Snowpack. So it was essentially that ripcord, but as a tool. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's great. I mean, I, I think if we can publish things that work and people that want to screw it up, people that don't want links to be clickable, people that don't want the back button to go back, people that want you to not be able to select text, those type of people, they can go screw themselves. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, I'm not sure I followed any of that, but yeah, you would have loved Snowpack. You, have uh, you, uh, have you, have you not used any any web pages or apps lately where you, you tried to... Do you not select text? Do you not use copy and paste? Are you post copy paste era? Are you drawing the connection to ESM to like SPAs, like single page? Uh, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying the people that want to do all of the fancy stuff, the people that want to do things are cool. They can't figure out how to get basic things to work. Things like copy and paste don't work anymore. Because people get so fancy, you know, so no, it's, it's not, I'm not saying, so I, sorry, I was being hyper, hyperbolic, maybe a little too far. Um, oh, I'm just trying to follow. Yeah. But, but the, what I'm saying is that, that this, this, the future is coming, the future is coming mentality leads to things not working. And it, and it's just, it's just, it made me, it's made me so angry this week. Cause like lots of, I couldn't log into a website because, you know, I don't know, they're using service workers or some sort of caching or something because my session was stale, but you know, they probably updated the site 10 times since I last logged in. The site just <laughs> caught in a refresh loop, right? It's sure, just refreshing, sure. refreshing, refreshing because they probably got some error handler that's like, oh, if, uh, if, if you get to this error handler, then just refresh the page. It'll probably work next, you know? And I, I've come into that, this, this past week has just been so bad with not being able to copy and paste, having to use uh, the Apple text sniper tools in order to be able to um to get text off of a wet you know just just this week has been so bad for me in terms of just all these little things it's like if you just didn't do any of the fancy stuff it would have worked this worked before so that okay, that's so we were it, chatting before the, the the podcast interview thing started whatever we're calling this um you haven't heard of Astro, right? No, I have not heard of Astro. So we got to get to Astro. And, okay, and, no, and I, no, I, this, is, this is perfect. This is perfect. Because I can draw 
Yeah, we probably got, have I, more in common than you think. I got um, the website up and I see it says holy expletives. So AJ, be, before we go any, before we go any further, okay. sorry, Fred, real quick. AJ, could you um I was wondering if maybe you could quit being so bland and if you could be more confrontational, please. I mean, we don't want to have a bland <laughs> podcast here. No, we, we can we can do that because he's cool. Fred's cool. That's cool. He's, cool. And, okay, and, and he's not from that certain country where people pretend to be cool, but then are actually fuming on the. Mm. That certain easy, country. Easy. I'm trying to figure out if this is. Yeah, was that offensive? I'm not really sure what that meant. Well, you you know, I mean, like, there's there's stereotypes about different people from different places. Yeah, okay. I don't think and, this is good. And, okay. and there's like, there's I, a certain whatever path you're taking us down right now. This is I. I'm pulling my own ripcord. I'm pulling my snowpack ripcord. Yeah, okay. I don't want to go down. Whenever that sentence ends, I don't want to be a part of that. So you can go down if you want, but just imagine me (laughs) muting and like camera off right now. Listeners, this is okay. Yeah, okay. Let's go to Astro. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get us to. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. So, Fred, Um, educate us on Astro and if at all there's any ties to anything AJ just said. So no, so I I, I was gonna kind of I, I think there's there's more here. Astro is kind of the answer to this problem a bit, or at least it sees the exact same problem, which is like we're ten years down this path of like don't even like take note in ESM and CJS out of it. Like we're not building websites, we're building these applications, which means like create React app. You're gonna get these like twenty thousand dependencies or Next.js. Like your whole website is this JS app where as you navigate from page to page. To get this great de- developer experience, like they've had to essentially turn your website into a JavaScript application. Can, so, can you define great developer experience? Um, yeah, so like the idea of mixing markup and JS, and sometimes like Tailwind, taking Tailwind as styles, there is a co-location there that a lot of developers love, that I personally very much love. Like versus going back to the days of before JSX, where I would like have like my HTML like handlebars template is over here. My JS file is over here and it's going to hydrate the logic, but it has to manage event listeners and attach handlers. Like the idea of bringing that all into one place is the developer experience that React and then Next.js kind of through through making it full stack brought into the kind of into the fold. I'm I'm not it. I'm not it. I like separation of concerns. I like logic to be unit testable and presentation to be something that you can hand off to a designer and they can tweak. And they don't have to become a JavaScript expert to do it. But yes. that said, I think that uh, you know what what you're describing is is what's being sold. It's what people so are being told is cool. There was a developer experience there that a lot of developers, and whether you are one of them or not, a lot of developers found more appealing than MVC, which is let's just like make this view really powerful. And yeah, obviously there's the problems you're identifying, which is we all have to be JavaScript developers now. Like your website is no longer HTML, CSS, JS. It's like all JS and like you're using JS to create the other assets. So like CSS and JS is like the perfect example of this where it's like, oh, cool. We have this great new technology called JSX. Let's bring like everything into it. And that kind of became the trend of the last 10 years of, and the, the, the reason I kind of started with the snowpack part is like, you can tie that back to the MPM ecosystem. I don't think it's worth going there now, but like this whole problem was a large industry, multiple threads coming together to turn the web into a JS runtime, essentially. Like, build JS app, get HTML out of it. And super powerful. You can build these great, powerful things. You can build apps. You can build dashboards. Like, a very powerful type of website that was very hard to do before became suddenly very easy. 
but at the expense of everyone building websites now having to bring in this complexity. So like the perfect example, right, is like a hello world kind of blog, like great, my personal blog. And then you open up the network panel. It's sweeping like a megabyte of JavaScript because you've bundled your entire site to get downloaded on every page, no matter where you are. And the result and, of that is super snappy. The developer experience that person loved, but the user has to sit there and wait for that to load. And it's just a hello world. It's nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the things I've been dealing with this, this past week too, is there's a, a dependency chain I'm trying to break up where one dependency, you know, say, say you need to do, you just need one function. You need one function to do something that it seems like should be relatively simple, brings in 1.5 megabytes of dependencies. And then you diving into that function, it's actually not clear because every, everything's so intermingled and things are being used in places where they don't need to be. And, yeah. you know, so I'm, I'm I'm all for what what I want to see is I, I want to see it back to the basics. I want to see basically what the the promise of remix is, not what remix is, but the promise of remix of hey, what what if we could just use the browser's native features that already work? What if we could just get scripts to load that are tiny? I like what you have here on the website, build faster websites. Next.js, 138 kilobytes. Astro, 7.6 kilobytes. So I, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to say what your vision of the promise of Remix is, but I bet it's closer to Astro than it is to Remix, which is we basically flip that model on its head. Instead of being a big JavaScript app that you're building, you're essentially rendering HTML. So we go way back to like PHP, like that idea of like, or I say PHP, but really, you know, Rails, you know, PHP, um, React, yeah, I got it. PHP is the thing that we take the most kind of inspiration from. Of like, what if we designed a language? What if we designed this whole thing around server rendering HTML? So the okay. whole like default no JavaScript is really just because we've taken a new type of, um, or, you know, if that's the SPA, this is what we call the MPA. This is the multi-page. We're rendering HTML on the server, um, or you're building a static build. But whatever it is, JavaScript is the thing you add to the site when you want it to be more powerful, not the default baseline megabyte that you show. So by default, what Astro builds you is HTML. It's just HTML and you add CSS and JS as you go. Um, and you can still use React, you can use Svelte, you can use Vue. It's super flexible in terms of what you use to template that site and then what you use to make interactive islands on the page. So, so I could, I could go back to mustache. this old thinking to the new kind of way. It's definitely, it's not mustache. So it's definitely a kind of, let's bring No, I'm saying, ideas. could I, could I, because you're, you're talking about template engines like Vue and React. I'm saying, could I, could I use mustache as my template engine? Oh yeah, you could, or just I, or just I the templates that, that are built into JavaScript now. I mean, do we even need any of that stuff? Because what? Uh, yes. Somebody, so somebody. You would love, yeah. If you check out Astro's component syntax, so the the one thing that we add to this story is we added .astro file, which is a simply just HTML. It's literally put in HTML, and that is a valid component. That is a valid Astro component. So we're bringing this like component thinking, where you can then take that and you can add props that get passed in. You can like map over an array. You get all the templating logic through that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's much more like mustache in that it's like HTML first with JavaScript sprinkled in versus being like a full JS runtime. I mean, that sounds better to me. I, that's that's certainly more palatable to me personally. Waiting for Steve to weigh in. Normally, he just well, Steve's you know, heard this cuts, pitch. Not, not, <laughs> Steve, Steve and I have been through this pitch. Yeah, I have. And okay. I, like I said, I've been using it too. Um, so obviously, I think one of the bigger things we want to get to, Fred, is that's the basis of how it works, but then there's also the whole islands architecture about sprinkling things in and adding your your components as you need or as you desire. Yeah, so to kind of to, to round out the story, um, and I think this is where, so I think a lot of what I said, hopefully, I, this feels like something that you 
would like. It seems very much like it, it kind of answers some of the problems you've, big, you've mentioned, or at least that's what its intention is. Um, but what it does bring is it tries to bring in the things that people do like about the last 10 years. So it's not saying you're wrong for liking React. It's saying you're holding React the way that you've been shown, but there are other ways to hold it, like this MPA versus SPA. Like, here's a way to hold React that will actually protect you from building a slow site. And it's going to make things just a lot simpler. It's going to bring you into a world of thinking more of HTML versus like this JavaScript application. So C the way it does that is, oh yeah, go for it. At no, you finish your thought. Sorry, you finish your thought. You're yeah, so the, the island concept is where we bring in the React component or this fault component, the view component, where you can basically say, okay, I'm going to render this page to HTML, but now I can basically opt in different parts of it, different islands on the page to become these interactive um, components. So you can think of them like micro frontends is a very similar idea. Um, this idea of like my page is static HTML, but that image carousel, I'm going to hydrate, and that becomes an interactive React element. Or that search bar came from Algolia, and it's powered by Vue. So that's going to become a Vue element. Like, okay, so, you can basically so, pick around the page what gets hydrated without sending the full code base down to the user just to render that full page. So I've got two questions, and then I've got a third question. So the first two questions are, and you can't cop out. You can't say anything that a developer wants to build. That's just that's not allowed. What is the best use case for Astro? Oh, yeah. No, we're, we're better at this than most. Like, our whole thing is that this is really, really good for what we call a content-focused site. So anything where the main goal is to get content in front of the user, um, a blog, a personal site, a portfolio, a publication, like and you know, New York Times or, or you know any sort of, like, big publication all the way down to a small little, like, blog that you're posting. All the way up to e-commerce is where I'd start to draw the line. Um, because you're starting to get into more e-commerce territory or more interactive territory. So e-commerce is this kind of perfect nexus of the two where it's like, it's about getting the content. Like we want to show you the shoe, but then you also need to interact with that content. You need to click the buy button. So e-commerce kind of sits at this kind of middle point where then it becomes more about apps like Facebook, YouTube, like you're building these kind of like complex applications like Figma. You could be like a full Photoshop, honestly. Um, games people have brought up. That's the side of the spectrum that we don't think about. We're really focused. You can build with Astro, so you can build anything you want. But where we focus on is content-driven websites. Well, why not just Hugo? Oh, I mean, is there, it, is there anything? Hugo? It, yeah, yeah. So I mean, Hugo is pretty much. The, I mean, as far as I know, Hugo is the best static site generator. It's the fastest. It's the best. It's the most well-supported. So why, why give me? Well, and yeah. I'll, I'll go down this and I'll get back to the other question. But why, why should I pick Astro rather than Hugo? Just because I just because I I want to I want to be more JavaScript JavaScript JavaScript. Yeah, so I'll zoom that out to like why Astro versus like static site generators are kind of the the breed that most closely like sees this problem, right? That like you're not building an application, you're building a website, and like here's Markdown, here's content, here's sitemaps. Like don't forget about this part of the web is what Hugo says, and then it's you know also performance is a big thing that they talk about. Eleven D. Jekyll, you know, all these older... Oh, Je um, Jekyll. Oh, <laughs> Bridgetown, I think, is another one. Like Which, which one? Yeah, it's Bridgetown, I think, is a... I've really, heard that. I think it's, like, the Jekyll team that, like, still exists, kind of spun off and built a new one is, I think, how I remember. I, I know the people Ghost? behind it. I don't remember the... Yes. Uh, yeah, Ghost a little bit. Um, the idea behind all of these is, yes, they have that same content focus. So, like, what we share with Hugo is really good markdown support. Um, okay. Really, you know, static... Common mark? Like we're gonna. Yes, I think so. We use Remark, so whatever Remark uses. 
I think yeah, Remark is common mark and supports GFM and you you know your basic extensions for tables yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, this is a very long answer to say that we care about a lot of the thing, same things that Hugo cares about. So very similar use case, but we actually answer the story of, well, what if I want to use JavaScript on the front end? What Hugo and the others say is like, well, we don't think about that. You go bring your own build pipeline, your own bundler, bring those in. And like, it's just a link tag or a script tag to add the script. Astro takes a much more like JavaScript is the primitive. We're going to do the bundling for you. We're going to do the code splitting for you. We're going to do that hydration, that idea of like, here's your islands. The syntax for that is like, put the React component on the page versus go figure out how Webpack works. So we take a really hard stance that those are primitives that we care about. We help you build a site that does have interactive JS on it versus pushing that to be a new problem. So more opinionated, more streamlined, more vertically integrated. Yes. Yes, we see. Yes. That's I can, I can respect that. <laughs> I can respect that. Okay, so my... My other, so that, that was, that was question one and you kind of answered question two, but I want to ask question two anyway, what is the, what, what is the thing that Astro is not good for? What, what is it where you'd tell somebody, Hey, don't, don't use Astro. Well, I could think of a good, he mentioned, you know, your, your interactive applications. I'll give you an example. I'm working on uh, an application for uh, an, organization, an organization that I belong to. That's like a membership management. You sign in, you log in, you know, you sign up new membership, uh, you take payments online, you do more really interactive stuff that requires a lot of JavaScript and the data on the back end, and nothing's really static because it's a lot of forms and data. That's something where I wouldn't even think about using Astro unless I really wanted to uh, stress myself out. So that's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's my uh, separation uh, like you said earlier, it's like a static. If it's something where you, I think of the term brochure site, where you're just one time present. Hey, that's cool data. Yeah, I want to look at it, and then maybe I want a little interactivity to, uh, you know, submit a, a request or have some sort of dynamic nav bar. You know, something like that with just a little bit. But when you're getting into full on applications where there's a lot of interactivity and interacting with the back end, that's not something where you would want to use Astro. Yeah, and I can kind of color that in a bit, which is to say, like, the great thing about this is you're splitting your application up and only hydrating the islands on the page that need interactivity. What you lose there and what, again, the DX that, uh, uh, you know, Next.js developer loves is this idea of the whole app is connected. I can share data that gets passed around from this component to that component. When this one updates, it sends an update, like the Redux, right? Like there's a state management across your whole app. So if you're building a dashboard, that's really cool. I update this and this thing changes. Oh. But when everything's an island, it's a little bit, you have to think a bit more about how that state is being passed. So some frameworks like Svelte, they give you stores as a first-class concept. It's actually really easy in Svelte to mimic a dashboard um, and to implement a dashboard with Astro. But in others like React, if you're doing Redux, like it's different trees on the, like you can't really, it, it breaks that original model. Okay, so I got, so I got, another, to be careful. got another question for you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push it off because more important question, islands, what the heck are you talking about? Yeah, so it's a it's a, a colorful term for this idea. Um, it was coined by the Etsy uh, front end team, and then Jason Miller created Etsy like the the it. eBay alternative for crafters. Yes, yes. Um, okay. They have a great front end team with a. I mean, I think they were the first people to coin this term, and then Jason kind of wrote the blog post that we still refer back to. So kind of definitively, like put it on the outside of their org. Are people talking about this idea? But the, tech, the idea behind it is just instead of hydrating your whole page, hydrate the parts of it that need it and don't hydrate the rest. So 
you imagine your site is kind of and, and when out. we say hydrate t tell me what hydrate means to you so hydrate is like the cost of javascript almost, or it's one of the costs but it, you can kind of wrap it up as as the cost of javascript like it is run the code that's going to make this interactive um, in React world, it's like all about like almost re-rendering or spelt re-render. But like you can think of it as like even back in the jQuery days, like give me the component code. Like it's just a concept of like give me the code that's needed to make this part of the page do the thing that you built it to do. So you render it, it looks like something, but it doesn't do anything because you didn't have the good sense to just use a link tag and you know on-click handler. Rehydrate adds those things into it so you could do what you could do. Yeah, so it's it's really just about like HTML looks great. And if all you need is a link, great, you're fine. Like you've got the link, you've got the CSS, but sometimes you want it to be a drop down or you want it to be an image carousel, like right, right, right. a buy button that, that adds it to the shopping cart. Like when did you, did you know that we have combo boxes in HTML? Did you know that? I think so. We have native combo boxes in HTML. I don't remember when they were added, but it is called data set. I, I think it's called data, data set. set. It sounds familiar. I don't know if I actually used that myself. I'm still a marquee fan. I'm still more of a blink kind of guy. What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, those are tags I haven't. I haven't seen those old school tags. Oh my gosh! Got yes, removed because the web standards bodies hate fun. But there was a blink tag and a, yes. like marquee. a marquee across the page. Yes, yeah, but I that's not useful. Those. That's why they got removed. Those were dumb. That <laughs> says you. I've got some great stuff in Dreamweaver with those things. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't doubt it. I mean, I remember back in the 90s, you know, my favorite thing was the mouse cursor. You, you could have the mouse cursor that had the sparkles yes, totally. or the fire. Oh, yes. And you drag it across the screen. Yes. You know, so on sale now. And, you know, if it was really cool, it even when you drag left instead of right, it actually reversed the letters or something. I don't, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I, no, those, those were, but it was, it was gimmicks, right? It was, it was sugar water. It wasn't, yeah. you know, no, nobody had a use case for the, for the blink tag. Well, yeah, I think like I don't know, maybe, maybe a recording light. <laughs> you'd be surprised. We had this, uh, our old site design was very much trying to be this like kind of like old school nostalgic 80s vibe. And we had a marquee that we had to implement ourselves. And for whatever reason on Safari, it was a performance nightmare. So we literally had to remove it because it was so just like, so I actually, I specifically needed the marquee tag to be a browser native primitive and it, it didn't show up for me. It was sad. Well, I, I, um, I'm going to send you this link here if I can figure out how to open the chat. Uh, this, this is the thing. It's not called data set. It's called data list. I think, think data set is the data attribute that allows you to um, render. I, I think a lot of people forget about this too. You can render the HTML already prehydrated because you can huh. use data to put the data data attributes what, what's yep. the right word attributes you can put data attributes in the html so that the javascript actually has has everything it needs right there in yeah, the HTML. so you're getting back in the truth and something very important there yeah which is that like so astro's whole thing there's two things that kind of prevent you from needing to go into javascript world one is its own syntax again it's just html so you could literally like i'm opening up this link you sent me it's like a w3 schools it's a snippet of html you just put that in after <coughs> component you're not sending any JavaScript down. You, you've, like you said, you've got everything you need to implement this. Um, and then also the other tool it gives you is if you wanted to use React or Svelte or Vue, you can also put that on the page, but just not hydrate it. So by default, we're not actually going to send the JavaScript. So it's going to render on the server, create the HTML of that component, and ship that without the JavaScript. So again, if it would have worked without JavaScript, that's great. You get this HTML-only experience. 
it's only that third path where like, all right, I need the JavaScript, send the JavaScript. I'm explicitly telling Astro, I want the JavaScript. And that's the model that we flip. The model of every other site builder is either, I don't know about JavaScript, go figure it out yourself, which is like the Hugos, the 11Ds, um, or it's Next.js, Feltkit, Remix, Nux, like we're gonna send everything as JavaScript because this whole site needs it to function. It's a JavaScript application. We're this new third path, which is what's so exciting about this for me. Hey there, this is Charles Maxwood. I'm excited because I wanted to let you know about this thing that I pulled together that I had just, I've been dying to have this for years and I never felt like I could. And then I just realized that there's no reason why I can't. So um, I'm putting together a book club and we're going to read development focused books, career books, you know, uh, technical books, whatever. The first book that we're going to do is going to be Clean Architecture by Uncle Bob Martin. If you're not familiar with Clean Code or some of the other stuff that Bob has done, check that out. I've also talked to him on the Clean Coders podcast, which is on Top End Devs. But uh, yeah, we're going to get on. He's going to show up to some of our meetings. And what I'm thinking is we'll probably have like five or six people uh, part of the conversation along with Bob and I at the same time. And we'll just, uh, so somebody can come on, they can ask their question, and then we'll just ro- rotate people through. So we'll we'll mute one person, unmute another person when it's their turn to come on and, and be part of the discussion. So we'll do that for like an hour, hour and a half. And then the other part of it that I'm putting together is just kind of a meet and greet gather area on Gather Town. And so after the the meetup and the call, what we'll do is we'll all go over to Gather Town and you can just log in, walk up to a group and have a conversation. And that way we can all kind of get to know each other and and make friends and, and get to know people across the world. Uh, one thing that I'm finding is that, yeah, the meetups are starting to come back, but a lot of people don't have the opportunity to go to a meetup. And I really want to meet you guys and talk to you. So we're going to put all that together. It'll all be part of that book club. You can go to topendevs.com slash book club to be part of it. And I'm looking forward to seeing you there. The first book club meeting will be in December, the beginning of December. We're starting the first week of December. And um, you'll also be part of the conversation about which book we do next. I have one in mind, but I want to see where everybody's at. So there you go. Okay, so real quick, um, Fred, we talked about this last time, and I'm guessing things have changed since you and I discussed on Views on View, but the server-side rendering. Um, mm-hmm. So as I understand it, basically server-side rendering is allowing it Astro to be dynamic. Right, so you're querying your backend, uh, whatever your runtime is, uh, on each page load. Now, when at when we talked last, I think it was still there was some description on there. This is still experimental, or it's not fully released or fully baked, or there was some sort of caveat there, and that looks to be gone right now. At least looking at the documentation page, um, and that's number one. Part number two about that is it was all or nothing. Uh, you, you're either all server runtime or you're all static and it, there's no in-between. Is that still the case? Um, yeah, so I, I'd have to go back and see when we recorded, but SSR was like that being now production ready, the idea of, yeah, re-rendering on every request, actually running Astro as a server hosted in the cloud where every user gets a new render or, or you know, you can use caching, you can figure that out. But that story, that SSR story, that was our big V1 launch. Essentially like this is stable, this is as important as our static site builder. You can opt into either one, but like it's no longer experimental. So that was back in September 2022, I want to say. Yeah, something like um, that. That's when we got that out. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of, well, hold on, I don't want, ever, like my homepage isn't changing. I want that to be pre-rendered. Um, that is in development right now. There's a PR with a branch you can check out. Like it's currently being worked on, targeting a launch early next year. 
So in other words, 2023, depending on when people are listening to this. So in other words, you you would be able to have, okay, this page is static, but this side, this page is server rendered. Yeah. Yeah. So homepage, like, you know, that, that main homepage that everyone's hitting, it's static, pre-render that, give me the HTML, just ship that to the user every time they ask for it. But like the user profile page, that's very custom. That's very stateful. Re-render that on every request or re-render it every minute. You know, you can kind of play around with the cache headers to, to find the everywhere from cache it forever and pre-render it to super live dynamic requested every, you know, fresh every time. You can, using cache headers, you can play around with those and, and kind of find the spot on each side of that, that your page, uh, that makes sense for your page. But in either case, you're still writing all your code within your Astro components, either A, in the code fence portion of the .astro file, or maybe you you know you uh, refer to an external JavaScript file that that fetches from wherever you're doing, but it's is your where you're writing your code hasn't changed. It's just uh, sounds like some definitions in your Astro config uh, that you need to say. I okay, this is server rendering. Implemented is literally just like export const pre render equals true. You just put that somewhere on the page, and then Astro is going to see that and be like, oh, pre render it. Like this page should be static. So when I build it and ship it and deploy it instead of actually building the code that's going to run it, just literally render it out now during the build and ship that instead. So you have to tell it specifically to be static as compared to telling it to be server rendered? Yes. So that is that was actually a tricky part of this to figure out. So the thing about it is that like, well, you still are shipping. As soon as you need to ship one page that is dynamic, you need to send Astro as a server. Like there's no way out of that. Even if 99% of your pages are pre-rendered, if one is a actual live dynamic thing, you're shipping a server. So it's kind of like we, we originally started this as like, can it be a hybrid of the both where it's bringing the best of both worlds? But ultimately what we realize is, well, as soon as you're learning how, you know, you're, as soon as you're shipping a dynamic page, you're shipping a server. It doesn't matter if it's one page or a million, it's, it's a server that you need to worry about and think about. So to get this feature, you do need to basically jump into server world. Like I'm deploying a server, it has to go somewhere, whether that's for cell or Netlify, AWS. Um, but then once it's there, you're able to opt different pages like the home page back into this pre-rendered world. So it isn't like a third, I keep using the third path as a, a word here for a phrase here for some reason. It's not a third mode. It's a feature of the server mode, which is to pre-render whatever pages you'd like to run during your build and pre-render during your build versus dynamically on server. So I meant to, I meant to ask earlier, you're talking about code fences. And that's that. That was basically um, a, da, 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 what do we call that? Front matter. Front matter. Yes. Front matter. But the but the JavaScript goes up top instead of front matter. And then and because I I looked at when when I'm looking at it, it looks similar to what you'd see with Hugo and and all the others, um, but with the JavaScript is in the, the front matter portion where you're getting the data for your template uh, ostensibly in a in a in a presentation ready format so that you're not doing all of the business logic inside of your view, ostensibly, that's what it looks like in the example. And then you've got your HTML and your React um, in the the bigger body. So you do have a yeah. separation of concerns between, I mean, you, you do have somewhat of an MVC because you've got your model that is your database or whatever, you got your view that's up in your front matter, and then you've got your, um, your well, I guess, controller whatever you got I, I consider both the so, view the view that you the view is the json and the view is also the html i'll use your favorite phrase which is well you can build whatever you want with this um which is that yeah. if you wanted to bring an mvc you could do that 
Um, if you want to make database calls in that what? front matter section, you can do that. Like it's think more PHP where it's like it's really agnostic about how you can use it. Like just think of it as here's your logic and then here's your template. Okay. Whatever I, architecture you want to bring to that, you're free to do so. I and when just the term MVC is is kind of like the term agile. What it means and then the way that 99% of the industry uses it are couldn't be further apart. Um, yeah. So it, I just, just wanna... yeah. So I would never say Astro is an MVC framework. I, it's not like that's just like that is a debate that happened a long time ago that like we're not trying to restart. Um, we think there's like I think there's value in that certainly, but like what we're trying to talk to is an audience that's kind of made the jump. To separation React, of con separation of concerns. Separation yes. of concerns is MVC. MVC is separation of concerns. Rails is not necessarily MVC. It just popularized it and kind of hijacked the term in the same way that Agile was hijacked by all these people that implement Waterfall, right? But it yeah. different thing. So my other, well, my I, last... I think I would, no, I, I would love to, because I think there's something really that'll tie this, everything we've, or a lot of things we've talked together so far, like Remix, their whole thing that they made, their, their actual what they delivered, not just the pitch, was let's pull your loaders out of the component and they live over here now. So this is going to be where you load your data. This is like more of the business theology, like get the data from somewhere and then we're going to pass it to the component. So your component is presentation. The loader is the loader business logic part. And if you've seen anything of what Next.js is doing, they're going the opposite, which is like do everything in the component, like export function page. Now go like make a fetch call, make a database call. Like we now support this async ability inside of components. So don't even don't even try and separate your concerns. It's useless. It's futile. Everything's a component. That's like I'm being very dramatic, but that's essentially their pitch. Well, Astro I mean, is way lot. more on the remix side of things, which is like it's not that you have to separate your loader out of the component. You're just going to write your code up here and your templating logic up here. So if there's a spectrum, I'd say remix is probably in the middle. Next.js is way on the side of there is no separation. Um, and Astro is on the side of like there's two places. One is code and one is templating and that's how we kind of separate those concerns well, for you. What you bring to that is up to you. Right. I mean, you're not defining what database they should use, but in, you know, in the example, there is some function that whether the database is from an API call or whether it's from connecting to a database, there is some method by which the data is gotten and then the data is transformed into a, in a, sh into a shape that is, that is um, a good fit for the, template that is going to be rendered uh, my my because my, a lot of times what people do i i mean I see this in react code all the time because i think it's just kind of the way that react is taught is you don't do any preparation on your data whatsoever you just fetch your data and it can be in whatever ugly shape completely unrelated to how you want to render it and then you're going to do all of your manipulation right there in the html and so you end up with hundreds of lines of wacky nasty javascript interspersed in between HTML where you're doing shape transformation that should have been done before you ever passed it to the render function. That's, and, and the way that Astro presents itself in the readme looks a lot more like what I call, you know, the separation of concerns where you, you get your data in a good shape first so that your rendering of the template is easy, concise to understand and to reason about. But, yeah. um, so the, the yeah. other question I was going to ask a whole long time ago, what do you think about Arrow or do you not think about Arrow? 
Uh, remind me, what is Arrow? Okay, you don't think about Arrow. That's fine. <laughs> I, think I, I think I answered your question, but I'm curious. I'd love to know what Arrow is. So Arrow.js, I'll just give you a link to the, the site here. Somebody shared this with me recently. And, uh, you know, he shared it with me in the way that you ought to share things with me as he plopped down the link and said, what is wrong with this? And that just puts me in a good frame of mind to just go through and tear something apart. And I really had to nitpick to uh, say what's what's wrong with it. It, it really was like, you know, a, a few things that are just, well, you know, it, it doesn't fit my personal preference. But technically, you know, I was kind of grasping at straws to say what's wrong with this. It's it's React but without react it's um yeah, it's it's diet it's diet react um that's i don't know it 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 feels like the Vue 1.0 developer that that man once was grabbed hold of react and said hey let's make this simple instead um, um if anyone's uh, have you used lit html this has reminded me a lot of that i've um, heard of lit we've had we've had into the reactive data here yeah, we've had people um, lit and solid have come on the show, but Arrow just struck me as being. I I liked the presentation that they have on the website and this. The, the, to, I, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. This, no, this is cool. So this is one of my favorite things again uh, about Astro that I like is like we don't really have to take a stance here. So if if others, you know, if Hugo is saying we don't want to worry about bundling and javascript at all like well, we want to worry about javascript but we're not saying that we're going to also ship the best front end for like that we can only do so much right so our whole thing is we're this great server-side like html templating language components we let you use react you could use arrow.js with that like this would be a great but thing how i'd love to how see do it, I do it an arrow um integration so we use this integration system where you can basically astro add react astro add svelte you have to someone has to implement it but once that exists astro add arrow.js would be the command it'll configure your project for you. It'll add it to your integrations array and you're good to go. So, I mean, how how hard is that? Because it looks like what you need to do is just specify something, what should be preloaded, what should the globals be so that when it gets to the point of the, of the front matter JavaScript, that it's ready to roll. And then what should the renderer be so that when you, when you take the part that's below the front matter and then put it into the, the runtime, so to speak, of the renderer, that it it does a thing. It gives yeah, you. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to look at ArrowJS to see how it works. But like with React, we're not saying, hey, every React developer has to use our templating language. We're saying this is for the .astro component. This is for rendering HTML. But when you use a React component, you're still using .jsx. Or if you're using a Svelte component, you're still using .svelte. So you're still basically just importing that component, putting it on the page, and then Astro is going to do the work to stitch that all up together. So. Okay. You just tell us which Svelte component you want and where you want it, and we'll do the rest. Okay. So Arrow would be the same. Tell me where you want Arrow to live on your page, and then we're going to put it there. Okay, I'm trying to I'm trying to scroll through back to the example that I saw earlier. I think it was right on the homepage. Okay, so there are got... some that are kind of interesting. Like uh, Alpine JS, I'll say, is an interesting one because it doesn't really like own an island. It's much more like kind of everywhere. Like you just well, Al- Alpine's so. jQuery 4.0, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, I it's just that, it's uh, just it's just like okay, well, everything that jQuery did. I mean, jQuery is one of the few success stories of modern technology. Other other than that, the same thing that always happens with modern technology happened. But it, developers prototyped the right tool. They prototyped the APIs mostly correct. I mean, given the fact that JavaScript wasn't well standardized, 
and that the DOM wasn't well standardized. You know, given all of the unknowns that they were working with, they actually did the right thing. If you were going to go back and do it today, you'd pretty much made the, make the same choices. And then they, that stuff that they did with minor variations, because a lot of the functions for manipulation for arrays and strings, et cetera, didn't even exist in JavaScript yet. So, you know, they got different names or whatever, but jQuery was standardized. If you look at the DOM documentation, you look at the CSS selector documentation, uh, which I guess technically is sizzle, not jQuery, but whatever. You know, you look you look at the 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 specifications that were standardized, and you look at the jQuery documentation, and it's it's not quite one to one. It's like one to point nine, right? And right, right. and so I see Alpine as it's that other point one. You know, it, it's the stuff that didn't get standardized. That you know, just just a little bit of just a little. Yeah, uh, it, tailwind for JavaScript is the other thing I've heard. Like you're just sprinkling it everywhere. Um, these are just attributes. It's just a class. It's just a really long class. What do you mean this isn't readable? Um, I, yeah, I, 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 so, so do you? Do you, you? It sounds like you're not in the tailwind camp. I tried. I actually really tried to phrase that in a way that did not bring any judgment. I am actually personally a decent fan of it. I, I get the hate. I was a long time. I didn't use it, but. Having used it now, it's like, yeah, this has a this has a lot of value. We built this site, our homepage we built in like a week with Tailwind, which I don't think we could have done this as well without it. It just to me, the thing that I don't get, and I think this has to do more with economics, is it seems like Tailwind literally could have been a CSS cheat sheet. Like it literally could have just been a site that you copy and paste stuff from. Cause it from what I can see, it's just CSS. But they changed the syntax of how you do classes to basically, I mean, it's just like a cheat sheet. It's so like, there's, uh, there's a couple, here, here's what I'll say. Like, if React didn't exist and wasn't as popular, I don't think Tailwind would exist. Like, Svelte, Vue, they all give you CSS. So, like, why would you go find a different CSS? React, it's really hard to do styling with React. You essentially have to, like, ESM import it in a separate file. It's like this whole kind of rigmarole. You but you, know, you do. don't it's really, you don't really have to do. You don't that. get scoping. You don't really have to do that. You can just load a style sheet and put class names on a style sheet. Right. So now, okay. So my component has this class name, but then my style sheet has this other class name, and I need to make sure that those are always matching. Like, it's not bad. It's it's how web development has worked for decades. But like, the React developer uh, like was not happy. Like CSS and JSX is like probably one of the biggest like understood problems with React is that there's just no answer that's really given to you and also everything else is always a little incomplete like we tried css and js that didn't work we tried style jsx was what the next js team originally shipped and that didn't work like they're still trying to figure it out and so tailwind is just one more i think for them for that community is one more answer what i will also say which i think is a more interesting way to think of tailwind is tailwind is css for when you already have a component system why are you going and creating a different class name like i remember when we in an old project i used with react um, we didn't want to bring in SAS, but we did want CSS scoping. And so the way we uh, we did it was we gave every component, every React component, its class name was uppercase, upper camel case, the component name. And then um, in the CSS file, oh, no, sorry, we didn't want to use CSS and JS, so we did this, which was in the CSS file, we then used the component name. So we were trying to get around this problem where it's like, I already have a component system. Why am I creating a different like selector syntax? Like, I just but, want to use the component system that I already shipped. But do you really... Kind of delivers on that like i just want to ship my component i don't want to worry about css and classes like just 
I have a component. I've already componentized my CSS uh, through Tailwind and this component system that React gives me. But do you really need all those components? Or is that are you atomizing it too much? I mean, so so there's the principle of dry, right? I, I much prefer, well, I, I just think I think dry is incomplete. I think dry is a good direction. Uh, don't repeat yourself. The the idea that you're going to to if you see two lines of code that are the same, you're gonna make a function that makes it just one line of code, right? And then and then Ken C. Dodds, I think, did the best job of popularizing aha, avoid hasty abstractions. Because it's dry, <laughs> wet, and aha. You know, dry, yeah, don't sure. repeat yourself, wet, write everything twice, which I totally agree with wet. I mean, I, I yeah. will stop I'm if I look at something. Yeah, if I if I see two things and they look similar. I will go three times. I won't go four times. The third time I'll consider, okay, is this actually a pattern that is consistent enough that I should abstract it? And by the fourth time, if I'm doing something the fourth time, it's like, okay, obviously this is a pattern that is consistent. Uh, but, but you know, sometimes you, you find, well, there's just, you, you could either have three if, if statements in this, or you could have two separate functions that have no if statements. I prefer the two separate functions. But mm-hmm. the the whole you know, dry, dry, wet, aha, avoid hasty abstractions. Um, if do you, you know, if you don't actually need to abstract that component away, do, I, I, I guess the, the question I'm asking is, are, are you making sure you actually need to abstract all these components away? Or would it be fine to just have one component that has these many several pieces? Because realistically, you're not actually exporting this in a way where each of these things are atomically being reused over and over and over again. I mean that yeah that's I think that's exactly the argument I'm making that react developer is already thinking through that problem from a react perspective they don't want to also think through it from a css perspective am i breaking this up too much do i need to go refactor my class name so that the css makes more sense like they just want to live in react world like again it, we're we're trying to throw it all the way back to the beginning which is like we think of our applications as javascript applications and what, if you've already jumped into that pool then tailwind makes a ton of sense it's already a react component why would i go build a different class selector system that I have to then jump between files. I just want to live in my component. That's, And I say this both as a observer and also as someone who then went and actually used it that way. I was like, oh yeah, this this feels right. This makes sense. Yeah, I, I just don't have enough experience with React to understand that because when I, I mean, I think of programming as programming and I think of design as design and I think of rendering as rendering and you program and then the result of your, your program, your, your API, for your program should yield an object, JSON, that is easy to put into a template. And yeah. that that is the way that I think of these things because I, I primarily well, live yeah, on the back. I think, I think this this really was kind of a freeing moment for me because you know whenever you hear about new technology, it's like, oh, is this the thing that I have to learn? Like, is this going to be the new React? Am I going to have to learn Tailwind? Am I missing out? And that was a very freeing because like, oh, it's solving a problem. I can, I can now think about this in a different way. I'm not like missing out if I don't like Tailwind. I just would not use it. And it's not going to take over the world. It's a solution to a problem. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that freed me at least to not worry about it. Like, oh, is this something that like I disagree with? It's just like, oh, this is for the people who like it. Great, cool, makes sense. I can keep not using it or I can choose to use it on a project where it does make sense. Okay, so can I move us in a different direction again? No, this is officially a Tailwind podcast. I'm sorry. This is <laughs> this is a, <laughs> this is now the new focus. Yeah, no, of course, definitely. Well, I mean, Twitter Twitter is going back and forth on Tailwind. It's it's kind of quieted down about it. But okay, so the next question is, all right, sell me on Storyblock. Storyblock. Um, and this is one of your big more, selling points here of Astro, right? Um, I wouldn't say it's a selling point. So, are you sure it's because it's it's in the main 
you know, it's 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 in the 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 first below the fold section. Yeah. So they're right a sponsor the of our project. They they uh, sponsor our open source project that goes into our open collective, and then we get to use those funds for cool open source sponsorship. So we pay our maintainers. We let them go to like, you know, help people go to uh, conferences and things like that. So we do a bunch of cool stuff for that. That is not saying like Storyblock is the official only way to use a CMS with Astro. It's just the ones that support us. And we do a really good job of making sure the Astro Storyblock system um, integration, that whole story makes sense. So if you don't have a favorite CMS and you're looking for one, check out Storyblock. But if you want to use WordPress, if you want to use any CMS, Contentful, like Astro supports all of those as well. So I know a guy a great friend of mine who he had a client that wanted to do something, I don't know, different than what they were doing, but they were on WordPress and all their data was in WordPress. But that what they wanted to do was just not the right thing for WordPress. They basically needed a static site generator. And so he, he, he did some sort of plugin with WordPress so that instead of rendering the page, it would give out the JSON of the data from the database you know, basically just skip the whole yeah, PHP. Right WordPress. There. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a whole new world now. Yeah. yeah so he, he created, is, is this a, is this a popular thing? Cause it's, I didn't yeah, think it was a thing. And I he, think it's a plugin that makes it easy to do. I can't remember how it's implemented, but yeah, the headless WordPress is very much like a, it's like the migration story for a lot of these larger companies now. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't, I, I mean, what he was telling me sounded really novel and I don't, I don't know if he was able to use something uh, totally off the shelf to to do it. I thought I thought he had to do a little bit of you know sneaky custom configuration or something. But anyway, so he's it, he has a like a, a Heroku. Uh, he, because Heroku was free at the time, he did this thing with say, Heroku. not anymore. He doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> yesterday he does not have a Heroku. <laughs> yeah, but um, anyway, it he he just did this neat thing where he got all the. He got all the content cached and built by Heroku. So, so Heroku became the build server, and then uh, WordPress was the database, and then the front end um, would would like hit out to Heroku to get the rendered pages or something. Yeah. So a funny story wow. is that one of our first uh, our first like use not use cases example sites was actually Chris Coyer playing around with Astro, and he rebuilt CSS tricks using Astro and talking to that exact same WordPress instance, but as a headless API. Um, so I think I think J, GraphQL, maybe JSON, I can't remember how it was requesting data, but yeah, it's a really good use case for Astro. Like, again, that flexibility of here's your code and here's your template means in the code part, you can literally fetch from anywhere. You can use any JS API, any SDK. So how, how do I Astro so, add so Word, WordPress, WordPress headless? Um, I think for that, it was literally just an... It, like a fetch call, like it was like a Ajax team just go and get the data from a URL. I bet by now I'd have to actually check. I, I'm not sure, um, but a WordPress integration would make a ton of sense as well. But you don't need it. You can just make a fetch call. One last question for you, Fred, before we sign off, because I know you're coming against a hard stop here. Um, and this is a little question on the templating and JavaScript, running a JavaScript within an Astro component. Now I know that. Um, you can do some bit of JavaScript expression or code writing within the template portion. Uh, I think the most common way that I use it or I have seen it used is to map over an array. So, you know, if, if in your code fence portion, you fetch data from your CMS and you have a list of, you know, blog posts or 
images or whatever it is, right? And you just want to, you know, and that's stashed in a variable called results. And so then you, within your template, you can run, you know, results.map, whatever. And then within the map, you return an instance of your Astro component that renders out that particular item. And you can do other things such as uh, concatenating variable and string values together to generate class names or attribute values or stuff like that using your, your curly braces. Very similar to Vue. Um, what is the extent of JavaScript that can run within the template portion if you need to? Obviously, most of your work you would want to do in the code fence, but what's the extent of what you can do with JavaScript within the template portion of a, an Astro component? Um, that's a good question. I think I want to make sure I say this correctly, but I, I'm 99. I think I'm 100 percent now. Um, anything <laughs> you can do anything. So it's like hmm. um, we, we took a lot of inspiration from GSX, JSX and how we do the template and that you can. Yeah, what you're describing, you can basically jump into a JS mode and like iterate over uh, array. So I'm literally mapping over it. I'm going to you know get the item. I can go and make some changes to the code and then, OK, now I'm going to actually ship out the list item. So it feels a lot like JSX, especially when you move into that world of, of uh, move, working with data, working with an array. Um, you can do it. I think you can do it. I think you can literally make async data calls. Like you, it, it becomes a question of should you. Right. Like it's not as readable. And, and at a certain point, you'll probably break our compiler if you go too wild with your syntax. Mm -hmm. But the goal would be, and, and kind of theoretically, you should be able to do anything in there. It's a really nice interop between here's your templating. And then the second you need JavaScript, you essentially opt into like working with an array, working with a variable, um, whatever you want. So I, I don't think there's any limit other than what our compiler <laughs> won't, won't sneeze at. And one little case I just ran into uh, of needing to do it in the template had to do with a case where I'm just doing, you know, your typical hand, hand, uh, hamburger menu where you have a, uh, you know, little button that you want to display your menu when you click on it, when you're in mobile mode. And I was just using, just doing some Googling. I was doing some basic, uh, you know, document, add query selector, you know, add your your uh, your click handler, for instance. And I had to do it in script instead of in the code fence because the document is not available within the code fence, but it is within the script tag within your components. So there are some minor, you know, things that we you will need to do in the template. But once you figure that out, just add your script tag, put your code in there and worked like a charm for me. So... So. Yeah, it's it's the other side of this, which is we're really explicit, like the code fence part of the component that is server rendered. So you can make database calls without worrying about your secrets, you know, sneaking out. Um, but yeah, the downside is unlike an XJS, like you can't just do anything anywhere and, and just not worry about it. Um, like there isn't a front end version of that code fence ever running. So it lets you do really powerful things like access your database. But yeah, then you really, really need to think, okay, hold on, this is front end code I now want to add as a script, I have to actually literally put a script tag on the page. Right. Um, because that's the way the front end sees script, sees JavaScript. Sure. Have you ever wished that you had a group of people that were just as passionate about writing code as you are? I know I did. I did that for most of my career. I'd go to the meetups. I'd try and create other opportunities. And it was just really hard, right? The meetups, I got some of that, but they were only like once or twice a month. And it was just really hard to find that group of people that I connected with and, and really wanted to, you know, talk about code a lot, right? I mean, I love writing code. I think it's the best. And so I've decided to create this community and create it a, a worldwide community that we can all jump in and do it. So we're going to have two workshops every week. One of those or two of those every month are going to be Q&A calls, right, where you can get on, you can ask me or me and another expert questions. Uh, the rest of them are going to be focused on different aspects of career 
or programming or things like that, right? So it'll go anywhere from like deployments and containers all the way up to managing your 401k and negotiating your benefits package. We'll, we'll cover all of it, okay? And then we're also going to have meetups every month for your particular technology area. So we have shows about JavaScript, React, Angular, Vue, and so on. We're going to have meetups for all of those things. I'm going to revive the freelancer show. We'll have one about that, right? So you can get started freelancing or continue freelancing if that's where you're at. And I'm working on finding authors who can actually do weekly video tutorials on something for 10 minutes that's related, to, again, to those technology areas so that you can stay current and keep growing. So if you're interested, go to topendevs.com slash sign up and you can get in right now for $39. When we're done, that price is going to go up to $75. And the $39 price gets you access to two calls per week. The The full price at $150, which is going to be $75 over the next few weeks, that price is going to get you access to all of the calls and all of the tutorials and everything else that we put out from Top End Devs along with member pricing for our remote conferences that are coming up next year. So go check it out, topendevs.com slash sign up. All righty, with that, we will wrap up our animated discussion, move on to picks. Picks are the part of this show where we get to talk about anything we want to, within reason, of course. Uh, it doesn't have to be code-related. So with that, It we'll doesn't let... have to be within reason. Uh, okay. Yes, you've demonstrated that a few times now that I think about it. But uh, with you. that, we'll let Fred go first. Fred, do you have any picks for us today? Yeah, I got a pick. I got a pick. Uh, we were talking about this earlier, so now I feel uh, obligated to share Jib Jab. If anyone remembers it, this is just a pure nostalgia play. You can make little dancing elves. You can put your friends' faces on it. I'm sure it's selling those face, faces to some sort of machine learning training algorithm. But for the small price of free, you can make dancing elves out of your friends. So check out JibJab. Great old school web 2.0 uh, classic. Yes, very, very good. Uh, AJ, you got any picks for us? AJ's on mute again. Sorry, the the icon doesn't actually update like it's supposed to. It, it Yeah, it, anyway. So, I, of course, I'm going to pick bonzi.link. Because everybody needs to get Bonzi, buddy. You know, that is the world's... Uh, you, you talk about GitHub Copilot, GPT. Where do you think that came from? It came from Bonzi. So, you know, if you want, if you want the real lowdown on, on you know, the, the, the post-Windows 3.1, uh, <laughs> pre-Windows 98 second edition uh, start of, you know, we're talking way after Clippy. I mean, Clippy is... Clippy's nothing. Ugh. We're talking about Bonzi Buddy. Yeah. This is like if Clippy were a virus, right? That was the pitch of Bonzi Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I want people to download this. Yeah, don't. don't. Bonzi.link is, is not a PDF with a virus. Actually, what what is it? We just had another recent PDF virus spike because, gosh darn it, I mean, if there's something you want, it's your text files to infect your computer. Um, I don't I don't know what the latest is, but I, I saw something scrolling somewhere about another another PDF vulnerability attack that's you know rooting phones and computers and all sorts of stuff. Love PDFs, they're the best. Um, okay, so I have to pick also, of course, of course, I have to pick the native HTML combo box data list. 
Um, stop making funky, janky combo boxes and use data list instead. And uh, just just don't 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 you know if just don't do so many weird things. Just let the tools work for you. You know, nobody nobody picks up an iOS app and thinks, ah, oh, dang it, they use the built-in text input. Screw them. <laughs> you know, n- nobody does that. It's so weird. It's so weird to me that on the web there's this mentality that we have to over-design everything. You know iOS, Android, they have design guidelines. You're actually supposed to use the input. Turns out, turns out that the browsers have things like inputs built in and combo boxes built in. You don't have to redesign every possible UI component. Think of the web more like you do, like a mobile app, and you'll get a better experience on the web like you would on a mobile app. On a mobile app, you don't try to customize every tiny little thing. You use what's available on the platform, you know, and people are using Chrome. They're not opening up Internet Explorer and then thinking, oh, dang it, this looks nothing. like." No, it's 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 a Chrome app on Chrome. It's an Explorer app on an Explorer. And people that open Chrome don't open an Explorer. You know, you, you don't. And, and now they're the same anyway. So I guess that's a mute point. But, you know, people that are using Firefox use Firefox. They they use Firefox because they like Firefox. They like the way that Firefox has the input done. They don't want you to break the input. They want it to work the way that Firefox has it work in the same way that a person with an iPhone wants the input to work on the iPhone the way that iPhone decided that the input should work. So, okay. And that was more of a, I don't know what that was. Anyway. Um, that was then, a rant. Yeah. The, the correct yeah. phrase that comes to mind there is, I can stem with some, everything you just said in three words. Use the platform. Use the platform. God bless you, Steve. Didn't even have to sneeze for that one. Got it for free. <laughs> um, and then let's see. I, I got to pick Deku deals because, you know, it's it's maybe this comes out before Christmas. Probably not. But even, you know, whatever. They always get you with the Black Friday sale, right? They jack up the price by 300%. Then they mark it down by, you know, half price. And then it turns out after Black Friday, you know, stuff is is actually often cheaper than it was on black friday but uh if you want if you want to get the best deals on games any time of the year i got i gotta recommend deco deals because deco deals is flipping awesome and then the last last two things are again webinstall.dev by the way fred you should check out webinstall.dev i think you'll love it um it is how web developers install their tools quick easy fast without sudo without package manager without changing file system permissions and we got all the good stuff there and if there's something missing you can let us know and then finally if you you want to follow my rants at kool-aid 86 if you want to follow my raves at underscore beyond code at underscore beyond code is is just the good stuff just the positive just the just the pro tips just the goody goodies let's okay NC. All right. So before I go into mine, I just want to make one correction, AJ. That's sudo, not sudo. No, it's sudo. Sudo. Sudo make me a sandwich, right? Sudo, sudo make me a sandwich. Okay. Anyway. Sudo say it correctly, Steve. Okay. I'll I'll take your word for it. So my turn with the the dad jokes of the week. Um, So I went out to dinner the other night. 
uh, with my wife and, you know, we're sitting there looking at the menu and the waitress comes up. She says, hi, can I take your order? And I said, no, it's mine. You can't take my order. And then in a similar vein, uh, I went into a bakery the other day and I said, I would like to buy a muffin with chocolate chips. And they said, sorry, we only take cash. I can't believe you have a full band behind you. This entire recording just for that one bit. Oh, it's great. And then um, uh, the other day, a guy named Drew Baker and I did a whole episode of Views on View on hiring and the whole hiring process from both sides. Is he the one that made the muffins? No, he is not. He's a a programmer, not a baker. Um, Why did you introduce him incorrectly? Uh, no, that's, well, maybe in the past, his family was a baker since that's how a lot of last names came to be, but that's for another day. But uh, anyway, one of the things we were talking about was I was in a job interview one time and the interviewer asked me, he said, can you explain these gaps in your resume? And I said, well, I think those are just caused by the space bar. (laughs) That one got me. (laughs) That one got me. And so, you know, that uh, brings to mind. Uh, a joke by one of my favorite comedians or my my all-time favorite comedian, Stephen Wright, Mr. Deadpan himself, where he talks about how he was in a job interview. And in the middle of the interview, he stopped and asked the interviewer, he says, tell me something. If I was traveling in a car at the speed of light and I turn on my headlights, would they do anything? And the interviewer said, I don't know. He said, forget it then. I don't want to work for you. So, you know. If you know Stephen Wright, you have to understand it. But uh, wait, hold on. Uh, great jokes. Run that, run that by me one more time. He basically asked the interview you know, the classic physics question about if you were in a car that was going the speed of light, and you turned on your headlights, would they do anything? Because you're already going the speed of light, could they get out in front of you? Killed the joke when I got to explain it, AJ. Uh, but I, I didn't get it. Okay, I'll explain it to you offline. <laughs> Thank you. Are the lights moving faster than the car? Like there's another car with lights on it? Well, no, no. no it's so, like so you're you're you are already going the speed of light. So which is the fastest that any well, object? First of all, that's impossible. You can't go. Oh, you're killing the joke here, man. You're killing the joke. <laughs> well, it's got you. You have to the, the way the jokes work is the left brain and the right brain have to both come to a conclusion that are contradictory and agreeable. So that wow. the left brain and right brain have to both agree wow. that the conclusion is valid. But they have to come up with separate conclusions. And that's what causes that. Wow. Talk about rabbit holes. Okay. With that rabbit hole, we will wrap things up. Um, I would first of all, I'd like to say thank you to the studio audience for adding much to this podcast. You're welcome. You're welcome. Fred. Where can people get a hold of you to follow everything going off Astro to give you money, to yell at you? Uh, how would the best ways be to do that? Um, astro.build is the website. Check it out there. Our Discord community is awesome. I'd push anyone to go check that out. Yes, I can check vouch it. for that. It's awesome. Yes, awesome. Um, and then uh, I am Fred K. Shot on Twitter. Until that shit burns down, I'm there. Right on. All righty. Why would something that's being actively developed burn down? Um, I think firing a lot of the people running it might have something to do with that. I, I'm not saying it will. I'm just wouldn't saying that, that wouldn't that cause it not to sink? Because now it's going to float up higher without all the dead weight. 
You know, I misspoke. Until the temperature death of the entire universe, I will be on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Which is billions of years down the road. Okay. Exactly. When we're all still using Twitter in 3033, I'll I'll still be there. As AJ mentioned, he is CoolAJ86 on Twitter. I am Wonder95 on Twitter. Follow me for at least five dad jokes a week if you want really high quality dad jokes. And with that, we will wrap it up. Thank you to all for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.